Welcome back to episode number, wait, is this number 20, Emily? Episode number 20 or 19? 19. Oh, it's saying 20 on this thing. I got confused there uh, as I was looking at it. Not sure yeah. why. We, uh, we were supposed to have one last week, and uh, you and I were tired. We made many excuses, gotcha. so many. Gotcha. So is this going to be <laughs> off kilter now? Every every time I look at it, I'm going to have to minus one? Is that what you're telling me? Nah, going forward, we should be good. I just, you know, I, I'm busy. You messed up. Busy, you messed Jay. up. Let's just, let's I just know. call it what I'm it is. Sorry. You messed up. Okay. okay. <laughs> so episode number 19 of the Southern Fried e-commerce platform. We're about to be out of the teen years here, or the teen episodes here uh, at EY Studios uh, with our podcast. And, and again, said it couldn't be done. It's been done. We keep on doing it. It's awesome. It's fun. We're having a good time doing this, Emily. Uh, and so very, very excited for this show. I think, and I could be wrong here, but I think that this is going to be the best show yet. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah. I'm feeling good about it. Today, today I will let you know, has been a pretty Monday Friday. I mean, it, it's been, it has been, I spilled coffee all over my, um, I, I'm, I'm set up in my dining room until I can get my office um, situated here at the, at the house. You know, I'm generally a big go into work. Uh, and work in the office. I just like it. I like the environment. I can really focus better. I've been trying to work a little bit more at home here recently. Um, and this morning, uh, I hit my cup on the monitor and spilled coffee <sighs> all over the place. So, oh no, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's been a it's it's been a crazy Friday. Forgot my daughter. My daughter had show and tell today, and I forgot her show and tell. Um, <laughs> I walk into the room and all these kids run up to me and say, look at this, Mr. J, look at this, Mr. J. And I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah, I forgot. So, uh, so yeah, it's been that type of day, but it's going to get better starting now, starting from this moment it is going to get better because this is going to be a, uh, awesome, awesome podcast. I am Jay Brimberry. I am COO over here at EY studios with me. I have my co-host Emily Faulkner, Emily. How's life? Oh, life is moving. It is trucking. I am very ready for the weekend because I'm I'm tired, Jay. It's been it's been a whole Monday week. This is just the week of a Monday. Yeah, well, I, I hate <laughs> hearing that. I hate hearing that. Nothing that I did. No, no, no. Pretty, I think it's the no, weather. Right. It's just been raining and raining, and it's cold. It is. Ugh, this weather has been. Something else. I mean, again, that's why I am happy I get to work from home, right? I don't have to get out in this rain too terribly much. But um, down here in Georgia, we have not seen sunlight since at least Monday, I don't think. And um, it's supposed to be getting cold. It's supposed to be 46 this weekend. So uh, it's it's at least been warm recently, but warm with with cold rain is no fun. And it's just been, yeah, this week... This week hasn't been the best week ever, like that old VH1 show. Did you ever watch that? <laughs> no. No. Okay. Well, there was a show on VH1 called The Best Week Ever, where a bunch of comedians just talked about the, the week in, in review. Oh. Was that like back when like we had tube TVs or? No. This was like, no. Okay. Anywho. <laughs> yeah. Emily here is our uh, digital, digital digital marketing uh, manager, leader, uh, head, lead, whatever you call yourself at EY Studio. She joins us every week, and we're happy to have her again. Thank you, Emily, for joining. Thank you for letting me be here. Yep. And guess what? 
What? We got a special guest, and not an EY Studios guest. We've only had uh, one special guest out of the EY Studios system of things, and this is going to be our second. The first one, of course, was uh, Juan over at Big Commerce, our partner manager. This one's another partner manager, and this is from one of our favorite uh, tech partners or, 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 or third party partners. I don't know how you guys describe yourself over there. So I'm going to let you do it. But, uh, our hey. guest for this week is our partner manager from gorgeous. Michael All right. Potter. What an intro. Oh my goodness. Thank you. Hey, this is great. Yeah, man. That's amazing that Juan was the first guest. Juan and I, uh, I love Juan. Yeah, we do. We've actually done a couple of events together. We'll have to do that with EY studios too. Maybe Juan will, uh, Pony up, and we can do something fun together. Absolutely. Um, you say run, yeah. like a run. Yeah, we could do a run. Sure. No, yeah, I'm not I'm busy. You don't know EY Studios if that's what you're thinking of. <laughs> we are everything. Yeah, let's run a marathon. <laughs> A lot. We laugh. You know, we used to be when we go when I go to Magento Imagine before Adobe took it over, um, and they might still do. Well, there's not really an Imagine. There hasn't been at least for the past two or three years. Um, but the kickoff of Magento Imagine was like a canyon run, and people would get there a day early and like just run for fun. Did you ever go to Imagine? No, Michael? no. Running is not a fun thing. <laughs> It's, it's not, it hurts your knees, you sweat, it's like, I don't know, I don't know, I never liked running. We, to, we actually had to do cross-country running. I don't know if you guys had to do that in high school. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We had to do cross-country run. You guys were forced? Oh, yeah, no, that was to. an option. Was, <laughs> I yeah, did the bowling. Actually, <laughs> nice. You were a bowler in high school? Remember? Yeah. Yeah, so like there were always these different like things that you could do, and I chose walking to the bowling alley because you got to eat snacks. <laughs> I got really good for a while. I was I got turkey after turkey, man. Oh, I thought you were talking about snack, like a turkey sandwich or something like that. No, like bowling, yeah. like cool hip bowling terms, Jay. Oh, Come on. Hip bowling terms. Michael, you know any hip bowling terms? <laughs> no. No, I don't know if there are any. <laughs> family, turkey is one of them. <laughs> What? Fine. I won't give you any more cool lingo. Thank you for not giving me any more. Uh, I appreciate that. Michael, uh, let me and Emily take a back seat for a second here. Tell us a little bit about yourself, man. What you do. Sure. Uh, so my name is Michael Potters, Enterprise Partner Manager at Gorgeous. Uh, I was actually a merchant for six years before I joined Gorgeous. So I'm very familiar with the challenges of being a merchant. Uh, it was a long journey. It was a tough one. Um, and for six years, we like battled uh, customer support headaches. Uh, as you know, it's a big challenge for merchants, you know, and the tools that they have uh, are not really cutting it. You know, you're probably familiar with the Zendesk or Freshdesk. You know, there's a lot of like live chat point solutions too that a lot of merchants think are going to solve sort of a support headache. Um, that's, that was us for six years. We even, at one point, we were actually managing all of our customer support out of a single email inbox. And like, we were a pretty decent sized team. This is, and this is like not unusual. I mean, like a lot of merchants are, are scrambling mm-hmm. and doing tab shuffling too. Like, and you know, thumbs on phones, uh, cause customer support comes in on all different channels, right? Like social media, Instagram, Facebook, you know, then you got to pick up the phone. Cause like your customers are calling you there. 
you're trying to find information in big commerce or Magento or Shopify, like in the back end, about that customer. So you can give them the answer that they want. And then, you know, they're waiting 25, 30 hours before they get like a resolution. This is the benchmark in e-commerce. It's crazy. Like it's, it actually takes on average a customer 30 hours to get a resolution for an issue. Like the, the first response time is around 15 to 16 hours. And then it's another 14, 13, 14 hours. Did I do the math right? <laughs> Does that add up to 29? <laughs> 29 hours before they get a, a full resolution. So it's a big challenge for merchants, especially. Um, so that's really where Gorgeous solves. That's the, that's the challenge that Gorgeous is aiming to solve. We're equipping merchants with really the tools that they need, that one single tool to manage all of those different um, channels, one environment for their support team to manage all those different you know, channels that their customer is looking for support on and, you know, introducing some automation, a lot of automation. In fact, uh, we're, we're, we're a, a solution built on top of machine learning. Um, and I know it's a scary word, but basically what it means is that we'll be able to deflect 30% of all of your inbound support inquiries through some automations um, and free up a lot of that bandwidth for your support team to focus on what matters. You know, those, those questions related to revenue, you know, pre, pre, uh, pre checkout product related questions. These are really the ones that, you know, your customers are looking for answers around. And if you can't, like, you know, sales really well, if you don't get an answer to your customer quickly, you've lost the sale. Absolutely. So it's, it's a matter of getting, getting answers to your customers as quickly as possible. And, you know, when you have a 360 degree view of the customer across all of those different channels, Right social, phone, email, live chat, and now SMS as well. When you have a full 360 degree view of the customer, you know, you can upsell, cross sell, give them the information that they need to make a decision around your product and move them closer to the checkout, move them closer to a conversion. And really like, you know, drive LTV. You're giving them a great experience. It's like you're driving, it's really lifting all the metrics that a merchant really cares about, you know, driving AOV, driving LTV, you know, uh, driving, you know, conversion rate, improving the conversion rate on the, on the site. Like if you can deliver a good customer experience, this is, this is where, you know, you'll see a lift in the things that matter. Um, and it comes down to, you know, giving the customer a better experience. Absolutely. I mean, I think it's not even just getting that one sale. It's just making sure that you have a customer for life. So like, um, I, purchase some makeup and the makeup palette arrived and it was actually broken. Some of the, like some of the powder was out of the pan, which was very sad. And I reached out to their customer service and I was like, Hey, I know it's not entirely your fault, but is there anything that you can do? They got back to me in less than 24 hours. So they were sending me a new one followed up. It felt great. And I had already purchased the product, but since then I've made multiple purchases to this company since just because of how, much I really appreciated their customer service. I knew yeah. they really cared. Absolutely. It's such a huge thing. My my fiance, she just ordered. She sort of had an opposite experience, um, but it's, it really illustrates the point. She she purchased a phone case, right? And the phone case wasn't the right size. She received it. It wasn't the right size uh, because phones change sizes all the time, as you guys know. Oh, so yeah. the one that they sent wasn't the right one. Um, <clears throat> so she emails them, and she doesn't get a response for. Quite a while 
uh, sorry, she didn't actually receive the phone case. It was still in transit. She emailed them and she's like, I made the wrong decision. Like I need, I need, I need a different size. I just purchased it. I need a different size. You know, can you send me the right size? It took them, you know, 20, over 24 hours to get back to her. And by then the thing had already shipped. Oh, right? Yeah. And, and they didn't respond to her in time. So they ended up having to actually cancel and refund the order. And she went elsewhere. Like they completely lost the sale. Hmm. Um, yeah. And, and it was, it wasn't a good experience for her. I mean, like she, they lost, not only did they lose the sale, but they certainly lost what could otherwise be, you know, a repeat customer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, gorgeous and i'll just talk to somebody who uh, obviously is uh, not part of the company i'm part of ey studio we are partners with you guys we'll give a disclaimer there that ey studios is a uh is partners with gorgeous um but you know i think what you're describing michael is the tangibles right this is what this is what the software does this is what um you know this is how it can help your store i think there's some intangibles in, about gorgeous that i love i mean you you guys are a great team you're you're honestly a great team there's a lot of times we get into these partnerships uh you know relationships and we're afraid to send our customers over because we really value customer service um at ey studios i mean that is just that's above a lot of the other things that we do um this customer service and so we want there to be that same shared value system with our partners and, and you guys are just always on top of it. I can't tell you how many partners I've worked with I'm working with one right now. That's about to just drive me slap crazy. I have business form and their exact, their exact words to me were, well, we got a ton of business. We'll get to it when we're ready to get to it. And, uh, and it's just like, for real, I'm trying, and this is a billion, two billion dollar organization. I'm trying to bring oh, to them a two billion dollar organization. I'm trying. Anywho, I, I won't go. You know, you can tell I'm frustrated, but you guys <laughs> on a partnership level, tops. I mean, really the tops. But but go go a step further on the customer support and just on the customer service and just how y'all treat y'all's customers. There's very few that do it better in the business. So I got to give y'all kudos for that. Appreciate that, man. Yeah, I mean, listen, we drink our own champagne, as they say. Like, we have to set the set the bar really high for customer experience because that's that's after all the the product that you know yep. we're, we're we're offering merchants. So, you know, it's and it's and it's one of the core values of our company is it's always customer first, and we're super transparent, we're super open, and our mission is really totally honestly. And maybe it sounds like I've drank the Kool Aid. <laughs> but like our, our mission is to, is to support merchants in like with, with this challenge and, you know, take them from like a level one of customer support where they have, you know, a single channel of customer support, you know, maybe it's probably email. It may be phone, you know, they're not deflecting any tickets. So they're just underwater probably in an inbox full of support inquiries and they don't have anything integrated. So like they're not integrated into their platform, whether it's BigCommerce, Shopify, or Magento, and they're not integrating their entire tech stack. You know, if they're using Klaviyo, for example, um, is it integrated into their help desk? Is it integrated into their support? Um, are the other parts of their tech stack integrated together with their with their support? You know, that's a level that's a level one. Once we are, start introducing more channels, you know, now we have phone, email, live chat, SMS. Once we start introducing more automations and once we start integrating everything, then we can actually move our customers from a level one to a level five. And that's actually how we measure the performance of every single one of our 
customers and we help them along the way with our agency partners to get them from a level one to a level five. Our mission is to get them to a level five, all of them. Like that's, that's number one priority. Yeah. I, it's, it's fun. It's a, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a great team to be on. Uh, we have great partners. EY has been a great partner of ours as well. We love working with your team. I think it's mutual, honestly. Like I have so much fun with my partners. It's great. Awesome. It's like we get to do, like, I get to do stuff like this and, you know, meet partners face to face, which has been such a nice thing uh, this year. In fact, like I'm meeting more partners this year than I, I've seen my partners more than I've seen my friends. <laughs> like it's been just like an awesome year of partner. Like anyway, this, this year coming up is going to be awesome too. And I'm so excited for it. Yeah. Um, meeting partners face to face and, you know, getting to know uh, folks in the ecosystem and, and most importantly, like finding ways that we can help merchants together. That's really what it comes down to. Absolutely. Me and you are going to get to hang out, uh, what, in, in about a week and a half in Austin. We're going to go yeah. be at that big commerce partner summit. So I'm really looking forward to that. You guys are hosting a little swore what, okay, I can't even say it, soiree. Is that right, Emily? Soiree. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, looking forward to that. Michael, really quick, before we move on, um, yeah. just let everybody know, hey, if they are interested in Gorgeous, spell it out because that spelling can get you. Uh, let them yeah. know how they can find you guys. Well, if you guys, are, if they're a customer of yours, uh, reach out, reach out to the EY folks uh, because you'll get, you'll get, uh, you know, the, the white glove treatment. Uh, we're partners of EY and we want to make sure that you're set up for success. So if you're going to get the white glove treatment regardless, but make sure to go through EY if you are a customer. Uh, if you're not a customer of EY, you should be <laughs> right away. Bingo. Uh, Good job. Keep and, them on here, Emily. Yeah, you go. <laughs> and second, um, uh, if, if you're not a customer of EY, uh, reach out to me directly. Uh, it's my email is Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L dot Potters, P-O-T-T-E-R-S. That's Harry Potter with an S at gorgeous <laughs> spelled G-O-R-G-I-A-S dot com. Uh, just send me an email and uh, we'll get you guys set up. Yep. And we'll have all that in the notes as well uh, in the podcast notes so that people can find you guys easy. Uh, but and before it, we yeah, go. And, and one, yeah. And one more thing, yeah. I just, just, so, just so they have the, they, they know what they're getting into. We will offer two months free as well. That's the offer. There we go. Give there me that. Go. Free. There you go. I, like yeah. that. I might just two start a free, store dude. to hop on that offer. <laughs> Uh, no. uh, honestly great 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 company love working with them uh and, and really just looking forward to see how you guys continue to grow and how our partnership continues to grow so thank you for coming on here before we move on michael i do have five questions it's something that i'm going okay. to do Bring it. Uh, five yeah. questions i want to throw at you they need i want i want folks to know uh yeah mr potter's a little bit better here and so uh the first question i have for you michael what is your least favorite business jargon? Like, is it synergy or oh, is man. it elevate? Oh, like, what's man. your least favorite business jargon? Okay, I got a couple. Uh, the first one, okay, and it's in my role. I have to do this all the time. And it's, I'm like, I, I've got to find a better word for it or a better like phrase. It's circling back. Let's circle back. Yep. And, yeah, yeah. It's like, I'm just circling back on this. I'm circling back on this. I'm like, dude, like, I could, every day I'm saying it a hundred times, like, I'm circling back. <laughs> I don't want to circle back anymore. I want to like square up. Maybe that's the new one. Yeah. And then bumping this to the top of your inbox. That's the one that mm-hmm. makes me cringe. Oh, it's like bumping this to the top of your inbox. 
Like I want, oh, I don't know. Do you guys see that one? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's my favorite one. Bumping this to the top of your, uh, your, your least favorite. It's my favorite. I like pestering folks. I'm going to bump this one <laughs> yeah. on up for you here, Emily. There's gotta be, I don't know. There's gotta be, there's gotta be a new one. I've got to come up with a new one. It's like firing this to the top of your inbox. Like, oh, I'm just going to start being blunt. Hey, you haven't responded yet. <laughs> Get with the program. Respond. Come on. <laughs> Uh, hello, sir. Get with the program. I need an answer. Thank you so much. Otherwise, we will square up. It, yeah, it is a pretty passive aggressive like like approach, isn't it? Like bumping that's that's passive aggressive right there. One of them. I think so. Yeah, yeah. you just upgrade it. Go full aggressive. Yeah. Do this, or you'll be sorry. All right, so that's that's where I'm gonna start. Tell, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna reach out to account to our account coordinator. And say, hey, do this, or you'll be sorry. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to go over well. She'll love the COO <laughs> reaching out to her with that message right there. <laughs> um, all right. Okay, those are good ones. Are you a gamer, Michael? Uh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. What I, games I are you game, playing right now? Far Cry right <gasps> now. Which yeah, one? Yeah. Six? Uh, no, I haven't played six yet. My, my friend just um, <clears throat> just finished it. He said it was okay. It is decent. Um, Five yeah. is the best one. That's the one I'm playing right now, actually. <gasps> Oh, yeah. the best yeah. yeah far cry 5 i'm like i don't know maybe 20 percent of the way through i mean like i'm in the first like with one of the first siblings yeah um mm. yeah and then far i love far cry 4 far cry 4 yeah so that's a good one what i have never finished it because i play i did five three tried four didn't like it and then went to six interesting yeah four was definitely my favorite Damn, i'm liking five so far though but you know what? I found that I feel like um, with Far Cry Five, like I, I got the helicopter, and now I feel like, I feel like it's a cheat code. Like I saved up all the mm-hmm. money at the beginning. I got the helicopter, and now I'm just like doing all the missions in helicopter. I'm not driving anymore. <laughs> you just want to speed run the game. I'm like speed running the game with the helicopter. Like I'm, I'm like yeah, like I'm blowing up everything from the air. I don't need to use grenades or anything. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Far Cry Five. The other thing that I've been playing is um, with uh, some friends on the weekend. Actually, we rediscovered the joy of Worms. <gasps> Ooh, did you know that they're coming out with Worms uh, NTFs? What are they called? In, in, is that what it is? NFTs. 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 Yes, NFTs. No way. Oh, man. So there you go. You can get your Worm NF NFT. Oh, yeah, Lord. sign me up, man. Yeah. I, we're having so much fun. We've been playing that like almost every weekend. It's really, it's really fun. It like is surprisingly really fun. <laughs> yeah, it's a simple like two D like scrolling games. They're sometimes the best, you know. We're like, okay. I feel like in twenty twenty two, and I don't know, in the last ten years, games have become so complicated. Mm. Yes, you know? there's, oh and, they, and there's all it's like the loot crates and the spinning wheels and all of that. Those microtransactions, like I miss the games that are simple. Oh yeah. I don't know about you guys. Yeah. Oh no, hundred percent on the same page with you. No, the more complex, the better for me. And so oh, my, 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 my brain is just. <laughs> I'm, I'm still playing Ghost of Tsushima. Ghost of Tsushima. Oh no way! My buddy played that. Emily, like Emily inspired me to play it, and I uh, cried yeah. so many times. It's just such a beautiful story. Well, I feel like I've maxed out my guy pretty much before even the first chapter is over. So I don't know. Uh, it's like the helicopter thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you got the cheat code. Yeah. Uh, Emily, where are you playing? Um, I'm still just kind of hanging out, just playing around in Fallout 4 again. There we go. 
I just like to listen to old time music while going through the apocalypse. So that, Bioshock, all that. All oh, that Bioshock jazz. is so good. So. Michael, what emerging technology interests you the most currently? What, what, are, you, what are you looking at? Uh, and it could be anything. It could be Headless Calmer. It could be um, Metaverse. It could be anything. What emerging technology uh, interests you right now? So I was watching this. I was watching a show. I had to think about this one actually. Um, I was watching a sh- this show, Westworld. Have you guys seen Westworld? Oh yeah. I haven't. Okay, uh, Emily definitely got to watch it. I mean, like <clears throat> the first season, I think is probably the best season because it just mm-hmm. introduces this whole concept of AI. So and it's so presented so beautifully too. Um, but it, it, it like the feeling you get most of it in the first season. And then the story carries on from there, but it's really the feeling. It's kind of like, I don't know, how would you get, how would you put it? It's like creepy, but beautiful, like melancholy. Mm-hmm. Um, and it like, it's, it's a mind warp <clears throat> because it talks about, it t- talks a lot of, or explores this idea of like the AI singularity. Oh. And where does it, where do, where does consciousness begin and where does it end? And so I feel like, like yeah. Is it like a better Black Mirror? Does it? Does it? Is it just as like sad? Uh, it has a lot of the same themes, I would say, mm-hmm. for sure, to Black Mirror. Um, but it, it's it, it's this world. It's actually a world that they've created. It's called Westworld, oh. and um, there are these AI, I don't, like there are these machines that are available to the guests of this theme park, basically, to do what they wish with them. It's very oh. like, it's a very, uh, there's a lot of like dark themes. Kill but, them, have relations like this, with this, them. Have relations. Yeah. But there's, Ooh, but they actually die. People, yeah. But oh. they're all AI. But, you, but then you don't know as this, as the story unfolds. No spoiler alerts. Like, no spoiler alerts. No spoiler alerts. No spoiler alerts. <laughs> I have to be really careful here. Um, the oh. theme of like AI singularity becomes like, it comes to the front. And this is something that I'm, I'm, I'm like trying to wrap my head around because we all know that we're on the, like AI, the technology around AI is advancing very quickly. Mm -hmm. Um, It's very mysterious at this point. I still don't completely understand it, but this idea of a singularity where we don't know where consciousness begins and where it ends is like fascinating to me. It's like, I'm, I'm, that's the technology that, I'm most interested in mm. and I don't even know where to start. So if you have any good books that like, you know, of, if anyone in the audience too knows any good books, <laughs> send them an email. Send, send me an email. Gave it out there for everybody. We have some more people. <laughs> yeah. this thing too. No, just joking. Sorry, audience. I'm just joking with you. Uh, uh, any books that you're reading? Um, I just finished um, uh, Blood Meridian. I don't know if you guys have read that one. It's, it's the same mm-hmm. author as No Country for Old Men. Okay, okay. You guys, you guys would love it. It's based in the South. Okay. Yeah. Um, Sometimes but, books can character can can uh, characterize Southerners as uh, idiots. Um, do they do that to us here? Do they, are they are they doing? No, not at all. Not at all. Actually, I would say it's it's set in like this 18th century. I want to say like the 18th or maybe early 19th century. Like, uh, in like, I don't know, um, there's this roaming group of like cowboys basically and they're going through the, they're going through the South. Yeah. But it's really cool. You got to watch it. Yeah. If you like no country for old men, 
then definitely check it out. I'll take, take, huh. take a look at that one. I'm reading A. Lincoln yeah. right now. Abraham Lincoln's uh, one of the many biographies, or I guess, what, what is that? Uh, not, not, yeah, biography, not autobiography. So I'm doing my presidential series and going through those. Emily, are you reading anything? So it's February. I'm trying to read one book every month minimum, and I can't decide what my next book is. I have a whole stack. Hurry up. February is a short month, and you're already- Oh, my God. I can read fast if it's good. I just don't know what I want to read. Well, I think that Blood Blood Meridian should be on your uh, maybes now. Yeah. I'll go to Barnes & Noble, just buy more books. (laughs) And then finally- Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Michael. Sorry. I was going to say, did you guys ever play Red Dead Redemption? Speaking oh, of yeah. oh, oh, absolutely. Okay. So if you like absolutely. Red Dead, yeah, if you guys like Red Dead, then you guys will love Blood Meridian. Okay. Perfect. I'll tell Eric yeah. about that one. Eric still mm-hmm. will play online Red Dead sometimes. Yeah. Um, and then your final question. This is the most important question here. It'll tell me a lot about you, and I will judge you as a human <laughs> oh, no. Be very careful. <laughs> Have you seen the 80s hit Willow? Okay. I have not. Okay. All right. Hey, what a good show. Thank you for coming oh on. Oh, my God. Uh, Emily, we'll go on into what's happening in e-commerce. <laughs> you know, I looked it up, though, before uh, before we recorded this, and it reminded me of Labyrinth. Yes. You guys remember that movie with, uh, who was it? Who was David, David Bowie. David Bowie, right. David Bowie. David Bowie was in that. It reminded me of that. Those eighties, those eighties uh, films have like a certain like aesthetic to it that is like super creepy sometimes. <laughs> That's know? Jay, super creepy. It's <laughs> a great movie. Why movie. do you like Willow, Jay? It says because it's one of the greatest movies of all time. There's what's not That's what's so- not to like about Willow is the question <laughs> that you should ask yourself. Ah, uh, shit! I need to. I need Val to- Kilmer, Warwick Davis, others. Emily, do you know those? Do you know those names? I don't know. Those <laughs> they names. are indeed names. Wait, you don't know them? You don't know who no. Kilmer is? No. <gasps> wow. All what? right. Well, it was really nice having you on the podcast. <laughs> I actually don't have to look them up right now. Have you ever seen Top Gun? I saw Top Gun. Yeah, but I was so young when I saw Top Gun. Like, I feel like I need to watch it. Again. Who, who is oh he? my god! Who I'm embarrassed myself. Or Ma- not, um, who is he? Maverick or um, what's his Top Gun character? Emily. I never watched Top Oh my gosh, okay. Have you seen Batman? Uh, <laughs> the, the, <laughs> Batman Forever. Oh, I've seen Batman Forever, yeah. yeah he was Batman. Batman. Then, you, then you know about yeah, Kilmer. You know about Kilmer. He's been in a lot of stuff, so. He, He's a guy. Yeah, he is a person, so. All right, well, those are our questions. For real, though, Michael, it has been a pleasure having you on this show. It's, uh... <laughs> Okay, see you later, guys. Uh, Good try. Good try. No, no, no. no. We'll keep you around for about 30 more minutes. We'll we'll let you you try to redeem yourself in the next 30 minutes. Um, Oh, my God. The pressure's on. Uh, All right. So we're going to go into the meat of this show. If you are listening, you have stumbled upon Southern Fried E-Commerce. This podcast, we take the daily going on or the weekly going ons in e-commerce, technology, retail, all that good stuff. Find some articles and talk about said articles. Just have a roundtable discussion. It's really just an off-the-cuff conversation about the things that are going on uh, in technology. Again, I'll, I'll scour the internet. I'll find some articles. Uh, we'll post them. We'll have conversations with little or no preparation. So if you're really uh, expecting an <laughs> academic show here, um, no, go go on to somebody else. I'm sure there's some very good academic shows. Uh, but yeah, uh, just 
having fun talking about e-commerce. We're doing what we love to do. You can find us on all the major podcasting platforms on your Spotify. Oh, do you think anybody's going to take off their songs for us, Emily? You think that we could say something that could get them to take off their songs? I mean, all this talk about Willow, we'll see. That's true. That's true. There's probably some Eddie's band out there that's thinking about taking it off right now. Maybe Winger is thinking about taking their – have you ever heard of Winger? No. All right. Uh, yeah, you can find us on Spotify, <laughs> Amazon Podcast, Apple Podcast, all the podcasts you can find us on. If you have, uh, if you have a chance, please like, share, tell your friends, leave a comment, let us know what you think about the, co- the, the the podcast. If you enjoy it, if you don't enjoy it, if you're upset with Michael, whatever it is, we will uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll try to answer it. And we'll try to answer. It. Maybe we need to get gorgeous in on our uh, podcast customer service so that we can get to them quickly because it'll probably be about a 72 hour turnaround for me when it comes to this podcast right now. um, Yeah. Please, please, please do all the things. Continue to help us grow the show. We love doing it. We hope you enjoy listening in and uh, yeah, we're going to go on before we do Emily and I missed the segment. I'm sorry. Give us a quick, quick synopsis. What happened at EY studios this week and what's going to happen next week. Oh yeah. Banger of blogs coming out. Um, we have had some great stuff. We had the ABCs of digital marketing, terms to know. So if you're you know, getting started in your digital marketing endeavors, this is a great resource to kind of get the lingo down. Um, of course, if you're ever working with people like us, we can help you along the way. What a nice starter. Um, also, another blog, uh, how to create winning e-commerce website, top-level categories, and beyond. So essentially, again, a nice teaching tool to teach you about top-level categories, what is best for your business. And yeah, that's that's some of the highlights for this week. Uh, next week, we are going to be talking about some important questions to ask companies when you're looking to redesign your website, um, as well as talking about taxes. It's coming to that time of year. I got my lovely W-2, and it's nice to consider taxes for your business. So we got a nice little blog coming up as well. Mm-hmm. Taxation. Um, no, that's all, that sounds interesting. Um I hope the taxes article is fun. Is that a fun article or a down article? Uh, it should be fun. We're going to, I think anything that just writes is fun. So okay. that's, that's the positive spin. We're going to go yeah, there. I'm going to hold her to it. <laughs> I'm going to hold her to it. All right, guys, let's, let's hop into our articles. We have four on the docket. Um, running just a teensy bit behind, no big deal. So we might hit three of them. We, we're going to try to hit four of them. Uh, but we do have some good articles this week. The first one doesn't necessarily center around e-commerce, but I think it does have some e-commerce uh, uh, ramifications to it. And this is the big story that everybody is talking about. Uh, but Meta, also known as Facebook, uh, just suffered the largest one-day wipeout in U.S. corporate history. Its valuation slumped by nearly $240 billion. This was written yesterday. We're going to use Yahoo Finance for this one, Emily, uh, with Isabel Asher Hamilton. Isabel Asher Hamilton. Uh, they, I'm, I'm not sure they are the um, writer of this article. Although I am looking at it, it looks like it's actually jumping back up uh, 13%. So, oh, there you go. Interesting. All right. So, Meta stock slumped. By 26.4% on Thursday, meaning it shed, shed nearly $240 billion in market capitalization. It marked the largest one-day value loss in U.S. corporate history. Ow. 
Um, Meta posted disastrous fourth quarter earnings after markets closed on Wednesday. Meta on Thursday suffered the largest one-day wipeout in U.S. corporate history after posting a shocking earnings report on Wednesday. Its valuation slumped by $240 billion as it shows shares fell 26.4%. After markets closed on Wednesday, Meta, formerly known as Facebook, said in its fourth quarter earnings report that Facebook's daily active user base shrank for the first time in its history. Meta also reported $10 billion in operating losses from its uh, Metaverse business. Meta's 26.4 stock slump Thursday left it valued at 60, $661.4 billion compared with its $898.5 billion market capitalization when Wall Street closed Wednesday, a loss of $237 uh, $0.1 billion. Facebook previously held the record for the largest one-day loss. That's <laughs> so, dubious to have both those records. Uh, and <laughs> in U.S. corporate history. In July 2018, the company had shed $19 billion in market cap in a single day after reporting slow growth in its second quarter earnings. It was the largest one-day market cap slump at the time. All right. So again, not necessarily e-commerce, but I do think it has some ramification for, for e-commerce. First questions first. Michael, I'll go to you. You buying the slump, man? Did you, did you break out some cash and uh, get you some meta stock uh, while it was slumping? I think the – okay, so here's my here's my take on these. So I think the fangs are done. I think that this they, – they call them like secular growth compounders. I think that's like the – that's the term that all these like financial Twitter guys are using. I think the, I think the fangs are done. Uh, the secular growth compounders now are going to be like new names, the new guys. It's like Datadog, Shopify, mm-hmm. um, you know, a few others, um, like the Facebooks, the Apples, the Amazons. You're not going to get the same like return on your investment in the next, you know, 10 years. If you're going long the next 10 years, sure. then you would with these other guys. I think Facebook, like they made a big, they're making a big bet with Meta for sure. But I think that should, that's like kind of the writing in the wall. I mean, you know, this is like a massively expensive uh, initiative. Uh, we're 10 years probably out from actually seeing like anything material come from it. I my, That would be my guess. Um, <clears throat> so maybe that was like sort of the top, hmm. you know, of, the, of their performance. Maybe that should have been the signal for the top. They've run out of ideas. Are, are you interested in uh, the metaverse? Is this something that you're excited about, Michael, or something that you're kind of watching cautiously? I'm watching cautiously. I think the big obstacle there is going to be getting around the hardware piece because like there, there is like, there's a, there's like, we have our eyeballs and everything that we tactically experience through our hands and like our, you know, our, our sensory outputs. But the only way that we can connect into another like layer of experience that isn't the real world is through some type of like a headset mm-hmm. or some type of like a piece of hardware. And I think the big challenge for consumers is just going to be, do I want, it's simple. Do I want to wear a headset? Like, do I, and am I willing to pay for it? And like, when am I going to be using this headset? Like what, what activity is important enough for me that I need to wear a headset or like some piece of hardware? I think that's going to be the big challenge. And if there's some sort of like cultural moment where like sort of like Pokemon go, if there's like a cultural moment that brings everyone together and they're like, I must have a headset to experience this. Then you might see like, like adoption accelerate, I think. 
But until that moment happens, it's just going to be like leggard performance. We're just going to, a lot of these big tech companies are going to try to crack it. But I think that's the big one. I think that's the big obstacle. It's just going to be like the, the hardware. Hmm. Emily, have you ever um, seen or read Ready Player One before? I have. I, I read a recap about it okay. because I'd heard so many mixed Michael, have things. you ever seen, <laughs> seen or read? <laughs> Tell me about the recap. <laughs> oh, so um, this is some fun thing. My boyfriend hates movies and I love movies. Uh, so I'll watch like recaps. The, the book is 10 times better me. than that movie particularly. I know that that's yeah. a, a used and tried trope there, but honestly – Ready Player One is is A1 literature right there. If you want to read a yeah. book for February, I, I highly suggest Ready Player One. Interesting. I actually might buy it right now. Yeah, that's Let's great. Listen, this is my thoughts on all of this nonsense. And I say that with so much love. Can, can I qualify while I'm asking about Ready Player One? <laughs> oh, no. Ready Player One essentially that, takes place in yeah, like the fictionalized like the metaverse, metaverse yeah. you know? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I was getting there. Oh, Don't you worry. Sorry. <laughs> no. So, I mean, essentially what they're doing is when Facebook was created and became popular, like Michael was saying, it was, it was like a movement. All of a sudden people were like, oh, this is new and exciting. I want to do this. Facebook didn't make that happen. We chose that. And the thing is what Facebook's doing now is Facebook saying, oh, well, we made the metaverse. Come over here. You liked Facebook. Yeah. Come do this thing. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you can't make people want to do something. It's just never worked, ever. Um, so, I mean, essentially what's going to happen is they're going to force this. Whether or not it works is really dependent upon the people. But in all honesty, I think we're about to go move on to the next today. I don't think it's going to happen overnight. I think it's going to happen in like the next couple of years, but the next Facebook's coming and that's oh, going to take over and we're just going to move on. Like well, it's lasted too long. It, I want, I want my space. I want my space. Bring it back. Just do it. I like Facebook because I love the history. I love seeing old pictures of myself. I'm very, oh. I'm very vain in that way. Um, but no, I'm just joking. Kind of, um, but no, so so I think that hidden in this, right? We'll focus on Meta because that's what everybody's focusing on. But I think one of the things, and I don't know if it's hidden because it said so in the article right here. Mm -hmm. But for the first time ever, and you kind of alluded to it, Emily, um, the total users has slumped at Facebook. The total, the how how did it go? Um, yeah, I can't find it. I should have highlighted it, but it's there. There was a piece in here uh, that okay, the the fourth quarter earning report that Facebook's daily activity active user base shrank for the first time yeah, in its company time. history, and so whoa, that's that's actually pretty bit lost. If you go into the next article, which is on Business Insider, Facebook lost roughly one million daily active users between Q three. In Q4 of 2021, according to its earnings report. So let's think about e-commerce, right? And let's think about, because this is an e-commerce show, how much should Facebook continue to be? And now 1 million out of 1.7 billion or whatever it might be is a drop in the bucket, all things being equal. But these are the type of things that could start an avalanche, right? Uh, and I've been reading, yeah, people, oh, yeah. people are wising up to how, I love how people call Facebook wicked, and, and I'm sure that they, I mean there's some wicked things that, do, but it's the users also that make Facebook wicked. You know, it's 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 all of it. Of course, they use algorithms and data, you know, to to drive behaviors. 
but at the same time, humans get on there and make it a to- toxic place as well. Um, that being said, when you're looking at budgeting for your e-commerce over time, would you begin kind of looking outside of the Facebook advertising network? Again, it's never been something that's going to make you a ton, ton of money in the e-commerce world, but it's definitely been a part of the strategy. How much longer do you think that something like that's going to hang on? Michael, I'll, I'll let you have first word here. I think it's, 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 uh, Oh God, it depends on who your target audience is. You've got to be test as a merchant, uh, in 2022, you have to be testing all channels mm-hmm. and there are so many now. I mean, like you should be testing, uh, you know, ad performance on TikTok. You should be testing on YouTube. You should be testing all the different channels you're going to find eventually through this, through, you know, rapid testing and iteration, which, which channel is going to be the highest performing, like, where's your dollar going to go the furthest? We, we know in 2021 that a lot of merchants were suffering on Facebook, their cost per click and, you know, their return on ad spend like was was affected by all of the changes in iOS. And I think we're going to be getting into that. But yeah, I mean, as a merchant, you have to be you have to you're, you're, you've got to be careful with where you're spending your ad dollars and and finding, you know, and here's the thing, too. A lot of these channels are going to require like an investment. You're not going to see a high return on that investment for some time. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to you know talk to your peers uh and see which which channels are performing the best for them. Um, there's a lot to choose from in 2022, uh, but I don't know if I don't know if Facebook's going away. But I can yeah. I, I would ex- I expect that there are there there are other channels now where you would see your dollar go further. Hmm. Emily, I know that you're in the trenches every day doing Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn. Yeah. Um, we're beginning to look at TikTok a little bit more. I know that's a, <laughs> that is a growing um, aspect of, oh, yeah. of digital marketing. And so that's something that we're beginning to dive into a little bit more over here at EY Studios. But just um, again, let, let me, I don't want to be alarmist, right? One million oh, out yeah. of one million, a guy keep on saying it, one point, nine billion, one point, whatever it is, it's a lot of people on Facebook. So it's a drop in the bucket. Um, but, you know, to me, it does, again, give me a little bit of cause for concern to say, okay, if you're not growing, then you're restricting. And at some point, you're going to hit a cap. And, and these things can happen. It, it's a, Rome, what, what someone said, Rome wasn't built in a day, but it c- c- can be destroyed in a day. And, um, <laughs> you know, are, are we looking at something like that? Yeah. And I, and I think Michael said it best. Is It's not going to happen overnight. It's not something that businesses need to start packing up and moving to TikTok and just setting up shop there. It, it is exactly like you said, test other things, see what works. For some businesses, Facebook's still the same. The million people that left aren't the audience for you. You're still making a good um, return on your ad spend. You're still getting great engagement. It's really just kind of dependent on who your business is. And if you don't know, ask somebody that might. There's always people that can help you out and help you figure out what social platform is right for you. Because I know not every business has the opportunity to sit and be able to monitor everything, test out everything. Not everyone has their own marketing team. But it's important to be strategic and try to see what works best for you. Because eventually, someday down the line, Facebook is going to go away. So it's just important to know that you have other options. Yeah, absolutely. With the metaverse, and this is the last thing, and then we'll go on to the next article, Michael. But, you know, I could see 
gorgeous developing out a uh, virtual reality uh, like help desk that when you're when you're when you're shopping on you guys could supply that virtual reality help desk with your little product maybe even modeled after you michael i don't know but, but could you see gorgeous really kind of beginning maybe i'll have maybe i'm just not aware of it but jumping into that virtual reality um help desk that meta might could bring forward in the future we go where our customers are Mm-hmm. So if our customers are asking for that, uh, then we would explore that. Um, but it's where it's where merch, it's, if merchants are succeeding in VR and AR, then we will be there to support them. Simple as that. Good. Answer. But until that until that until that point, um, we'll be focusing on the channels where our merchants expect us to be and need us to be. Good answer. Um, and that still includes Facebook. So last little point here. That's a great answer. Um, yeah, you got you got to grow with the customer base. Yesterday, I'd never been asked to be a part of a virtual meeting before until yesterday. In the middle of a meeting, uh, one of our uh, not client, but hopefully will be a future client. But one of the prospects asked if I had an Oculus and if I would be willing to hop into a virtual what? meeting with them. And I was like, I Phil was all about it. Phil was like, yep, I got an Oculus. I was like, I don't have an Oculus. I want one. I don't have one. But uh, we didn't all win one at the Christmas Maybe party. that's something that we can differentiate <laughs> ourselves. We can be the first uh, e-commerce agency that really, really pushes the virtual meeting. I think that's actually where it's going to start. I think I think there's, there's two places where there's going to be like maybe widespread adoption and where e-commerce is actually going to be part of the equation in virtual reality. And that's going to be in, t- in two places or two sort of contexts. It's going to be work and probably like maybe porn. Honestly. Did you say like corn? Those, like corn on the cob? Yes. With, with, yes, with, yes, with corn, exactly. Corn. Gotcha. Corn. Those are the, those are the two. I think those are actually going to be the two where like that, those are the only two. Um, and I think with, with like work, um, that's where there's like a real application. Yeah. Like you can actually go to work. You can be in an office with people we see it now. It's actually really, it's needed at this point is to be in a, in a place where others are, you know, it's, it's lonely working at home. Um, it can be lonely working at home. Yeah. I think those are the two. I, I can't wait till I can uh, do my EY avatar and um, <laughs> awesome. I I'm going to be so buff. Yep. So buff. Well, that's not an avatar. That's real life. Um, oh my God. <laughs> So, good discussion. There we are going to move on to our next article, and you were correct. Uh, this one is going to come from Practical E-Commerce, uh, and this is iOS 15, Impact on Email Marketing to Date. And this was by Caroline Nye here. Uh, quick article. Yeah, it's a quick article, so we'll, we'll, we'll blaze through it. On September 20, 2021, Apple released iOS 15. Among its new, new features is mail privacy protection, which does two things. Automatically loads all images from emails and hides IP addresses and the location of email recipients. For years, many email service providers have embedded a hidden one-by-one pixel image to track opens, the image was automatically downloaded by recipients when they opened an email, which provides the, which, which providers then logged. Now, however, all recipients of, on iOS 15 devices, iPhones, iPads, Apple Watches, register as an open, whether regardless of whether they took that action. The result is inflated open rates. There's a nice little, uh, nice little 
image here that shows you, I guess, what iOS 15. I'm an Android guy, so this is a little bit foreign to me. Uh, impact to date, Apple iPhones are roughly 48% of the U.S. smartphone market. And in 2022, most email opens are on a, on a phone upwards to 75%. Thus, approximately 36% of all U.S. email recipients, 48 times 75%, could be using iOS 15. Check the math, Emily. Make sure they're right here. Uh, the unknown is how many iOS 15 users have enabled mail privacy protection. However, Apple's description, protect mail activity, hide IP address, and privately load all remote content likely entices most u- users to opt in. Consider the following scenario. Email recipients in the U.S., iOS uh, 15 is at 36%. All other is at 64%. Actual historical commercial open rate average, 20%. Open rates due to iOS 15 US. iOS users, 100%. All others, 20%. Total blended, and there's a math equation here, 48.8%. In short, an average commercial email list could report open rates of 48.8% due to iOS 15 instead of likely actual open rates of roughly 20%. Uh, the calculation, however, assumes all private or all users of Apple mobile devices have upgraded to iOS 15, all have opted into mail privacy protection, and all live in the U.S., where the iPhone has a 48% market share. Worldwide, the iPhone's market share is roughly 15%. Uh, we're gonna. There's some more math here. Uh, there has been an actual open uh, rate increase, uh, double, but not up to 48.8%. Um, let's see here before on iOS, an iOS 15, six to 12% after 18% to 25%, uh, strategy implications. And then we'll start discussing testing email based on open rates is compromised. That includes subject lines, time of day and day of week. However, an AB test on say subject lines should still correctly identify the winner. Assuming the ratio of iOS 15 recipients is consistent for both groups. My clients continue to rely on A-B tests for that reason. What would not be accurate is a test that compares subject lines from before and after iOS 15. An example is 2020 holiday emails versus 2021 holiday emails. Customer journeys that rely on email opens are, are also compromised. For example, a journey flow is likely inaccurate if it sends a unique nurturing message to recipients who opened but did not click. All iOS 15 users would receive that message regardless of their actions. A workaround for many senders is to use clicks to dictate the journey path. Some separate iOS 15 recipients from all other from all others and create separate journey paths for each group. That separation is likely the best option if your email service provider can identify recipients' devices. Uh, yeah, so so the the reaction. Um, Moreover, open rates help marketers understand recipients' preference to adjust content and frequency accordingly. That, too, has gone away. Emily, we'll start with you as somebody that works in uh, marketing. Is this something that uh, concerns you or this something? I don't know if it's a concern, right? I mean, the, the rates are yeah. the rates, but it, but, it, but it can definitely skew the numbers. Um, oh, yeah. You know, Give me your thoughts on the article, I guess. Yeah. Well, you know me. I I am the math whiz of UI Studios. I am the smartest math person on the planet. Not Wordle person, but the smartest math person. Go ahead. No, 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 no. My Wordle's great. I got a one once. So just. She cheated, Michael. She cheated. That is not true. Anyway. um, (laughs) 
the 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 one thing that I took away from this kind of while you were talking is yes, it's cause for concern that the, the the inaccuracies of data can skew results, which then can skew what you're sending. Maybe you'll be making less money. Blah 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 blah. But the thing that kind of captivated me is kind of what you said about um, oh, this inaccuracy is testing before and after iOS 15, for example, 2020 holiday emails versus 2021. The thing is, I, I've been feeling that way constantly over the past uh, few years uh, since the pandemic. It's really hard to do a lot of year over year um, because there's so many environmental factors. There's so many like changes like this that are coming, uh, just coming into play constantly. So it's really just making sure that you have a large view of metrics that you can consider and i think what's great is just looking at like overall transactions did this email generate more transactions than another one okay what was the things that were purchased okay we can backtrack from there there's lots of additional data that you can get outside of open rates that can help you determine different pieces of content and things like that there there are going to be workarounds there are always workarounds there are ways to make things better so I'm a little bit of a novice with this. Uh, just to be completely honest, I'm not a, a, a digital marketer, or email person. Isn't there act, actively loading images like that? Wouldn't there? I thought that that would actually be more of a security risk than anything, because sometimes things can be embedded in those images that you don't want. Like Michael, do you, I mean? I, I don't. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you've studied this a little bit, but. What's the benefit to, does anybody know what the benefit is to actively loading those images? Um, I actually don't know. This isn't, this isn't Put you my, on the spot there. <laughs> this isn't my area. Of How do you not experience. know? <laughs> yeah, I, like, I don't yeah, know. Well, you told um, me he knew and that's why we were going to have him. <laughs> well, I have to go guys. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I actually have no damn clue. But what's interesting, I think what's interesting here is that, you know, the, the iPhone and the Apple operating system have be like what's the future here what does it look like like this is they have like a massive arbitrage opportunity um every single app including facebook uh and you know every single like email that you've ever sent through google through gmail for example like it's all being read at least in 48 percent of cases because it sounds like market penetration of the yeah. of the iphone is 48 percent. at least in 48 percent of americans are using their apple device to like experience these other products or to use these other products. So my question is in the future, will Apple mail, like will marketers be more successful using some version of Apple mail compared to, you know, using Gmail, for example, like, mm -hmm. is there like, can they capture more market share in email simply by virtue of the fact that 48% of Americans are using that device to open their email. Like what's, what's the play here? What's like the long, what I'm interested in is like, what's the long-term play here? Cause they, it's obvious that they have like, they have every one of these technology companies, uh, you know, how would you put it? Like, what's the, how would you put it? Like they, there's no, like they own the system. They don't do anything it's, by accident. They they've got they've got the device. Everything that you're experiencing or doing during the day is through that device. Like there's a massive arbitrage opportunity there for them, and they're going to exploit it because they're in mm -hmm. this business to make money, and they have shareholders who they're accountable to. So where does it? How does it take shape? Like how does it manifest? Is this the beginning? Like I said, of 
some version of Apple Mail, let's say, where marketers uh, have advantages to choosing Apple Mail over the competition. I don't know. No, it's good thought. There. Do you think uh, taking a little bit of a of a, of a different map, Do you think that there are agencies out there? I'm sure that there is. This might be a no duh question, but that are taking advantage of this and inflating numbers for their customers. Oh, for sure, a hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's 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 all kind, and we've known this for a long time. There are agencies that use like black hat tactics. Oh, yeah. to... Yeah, you know, to to impress their customers and to impress their clients. You know, I honestly think like the proof is in the pudding. Like it's one thing to if you're if like you can inflate the the data or you know manipulate the data for only so long before you know it doesn't translate into real dollars. Yeah. Um, and those I don't think oh, those yeah. agencies last very long. They're like fly by night, black hat. Uh, the ones that build a reputation are the ones frankly like EY that like do consistently good work. Uh, they have a reputation to uphold uh, and, you know, they have systems in place that they've built over the years that don't require any black hat techniques to succeed. Um, those are the real winners. Yeah. No, so so you heard it here first, guys. If if you've listened yeah, to the you podcast and you saw some uh, high open rates over the past couple of months, I would ask questions about that and uh, kind of say, "Hey, have we factored this in?" That's why you listen, right? We're giving you the the hints and the the, the tips there to make sure that you know what's going on in your e commerce business. Because it's absolutely, I do like how um, this this author and I, I forgot her name, Caroline Nye here. How that she she does give some examples of how you can mitigate this because this does throw a little bit of a monkey wrench in how things have been done, how they should be done. Uh, again, oh, anyway, I think that recently just with the turbulence of with the pandemic, it's always a little bit difficult to A-B test, especially anything yearly, month over month even, you know, could be. Yeah. Um, but – you know, you still got to test. You still got to. You still got to look at your data. Um, I'm a big believer in, um, you know, not not just being ruled by data, but but following some of the data there. I think that data is good if it's if it's if good ideas are coming with it, right? If there's two there's two bad ideas and the A/B test shows that one bad idea is better than the other bad idea, well, then you're not really learning anything other than that. Hey, there's 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 one that's less bad than this bad. So so you got to have some creativity, some ingenuity there. But all in all, you know, you need to be making sure that that the tests and that you're factoring in the changes in technology as you grow your business. And quite frankly, merchants ain't got time to be sitting around and look and reading practical e-commerce and learning about the iOS 15 changes. There's so much stuff that happens each and every day in technology that it's tough for anybody to stay on top of it all the time. So just keep your eyes open. Always be, always um, be, be on the lookout. Uh, and if anything seems funny in your data, anything seems funny in your numbers, well, probably is. Something probably is funny. And so just stay on top of it, merchants. Or again, go with an agency that has a good, good record, you know, EY Studios, whomever, a lot of good agencies out there that has a good record that you can trust uh, and help them, you know, help, help, help you help them help them help you uh, figure out the data and make sure that they're accounting for the changes in technology. So any, any last words, Emily, before we move on to our last article? I think you wrapped it up perfectly. 
All righty. Well, we're going to go one more article here. I don't think we're going to be able to get to that fourth article just because we are running short on time. Uh, but this one's a good one. And, um, yeah, it's a retail dive. So we'll have a, a, a dive brief here. And this kind of still, this isn't virtual reality, but this is still going into new technology. And so, uh, yeah, let's dive into it. This is Pinterest as augmented reality feature for home decor by Tatiana Walk Morris. She, she's a guest star on this show. She's pretty much every episode we have in our that's good work um your dive brief to catalyze to, to um catalyze more social uh shopping on this plat- platform uh c- catalyze is that right catalyst catalyze I'm never, i don't know if i've ever yeah, never, saying I've that never actually heard that word before yeah, to catalyze uh more sh- social shopping on this platform pinterest debuted its try on for home decor t- tool which lets users preview furnishings in their home with augmented reality technology, the social media app announced on Monday. My wife is in the other room. She's probably pulling up her Pinterest right now and looking at some things here. Uh, Using the Pinterest lens camera, the tool will let users virtually stage their homes with items from retailers such as Walmart, West Elm, Wayfair, Crate & Barrel, and CB2. The company said in it said it is introducing the feature for U.S. users on Android and iOS, and it will make the tool accessible for uh, to international users in the future. Pinterest said that that users are five times more likely to buy items featured in Tryon enabled pins than standard pins. Uh, let's see here. Pinterest is transforming itself into a destination for virtual product testing and social commerce. The company's internal data suggests that its users, particularly millennials and Generation Z consumers, are increasingly interested in using the social platform for social shopping. Uh, Visual searches use the Pinterest lens camera increased 126% between Q4 2020 and Q4 2021 per company figures. Millennials and Gen Z cosmetic Product testing using the Try On for Beauty tool increased by 33% and 28%, respectively. Uh, A little quote. um, For the past several years, retailers like Macy's, Wayfair, Target, Amazon, and Ikea have been experimenting with AR and VR tools to let shoppers visualize furniture in their homes before purchase. Online platforms, including Pinterest, have added furniture, cosmetics, and other products to to their lineup. Uh, of virtual product testing capabilities to increase purchase confidence. Snapchat has invested heavily in AR tools and partnerships, and individual retailers are also debuting tools. Last September, Etsy unveiled the Etsy House, an AR experience that allowed viewers to tour a virtual home featuring items chosen from their marketplace. Uh, I mean, that, that's pretty much the gist of this article. I, I'm going to go. This is the this is the area of commerce and technology, the social shopping, and we've talked about it a good bit on this show, Michael. The social shopping and how that's just beginning to become so much more prevalent, especially in these bigger brands. I can see where it's a little bit harder for a smaller brand to do it, but I think it's more advantageous for a smaller brand to do it than even a bigger brand. But this social shopping is something that if a small business can wrap their mind around it and get with a team that can help them produce content for this, uh, you know, enable uh, AR uh, opportunities for them, I think that they are going to win the e-commerce game because I really do think that this is how people are going to interact. Do you, are you doing much social shopping or have you, have you had a chance to learn about social shopping, Michael? 
is do, when you say social shopping, like, do you mean uh, like shopping within, like within the platforms themselves? Exactly. Like in the whole suite. So the AR when it comes with uh, Pinterest, but also, um, you know, I think Instagram one that we've talked about where they'll have your, your, uh, 30 minute social shopping show where you're buying as a, it's like oh, a real like time shopping. home shopping yeah. network, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. It's very vogue right now. I'm hearing a lot about it. I'm not like it's, it's, it's like new territory. It's greenfield for brands. I don't, I'm a bit bearish on it. I think that I don't know whether we actually have the attention span for it. Uh, it depends how it's achieved. Is the content actually compelling enough? Is there, is it, is it, is the narrative strong enough? to draw me in to actually make a purchase. I, I think it's like a new format. It's, it's recycling an old format for shopping in a sort of like new digital way. I mean, we're all familiar with, uh, you know, like those shopping shows. Um, is this, an, is it recycling the, the old format? I think in some ways it is. I just don't know whether we have the attention span. Are you the shopper in, in, in the household or, or your fiance? Who, who, who's the, who is the shopper in the household? Uh, my fiance does most of it. You think your fiance would be interested in it? I haven't seen her do it yet. Okay. Okay. I think my wife would yeah. be interested in it. Emily, Emily, what what are you? Are you are you a little bit on the fence? Um, I, I I'm I'm a more of a social browser than a social shopper. I do think with this Pinterest, um, like this new Pinterest lens feature, I think it's fantastic. I think it's a great start. Um, I think furniture is the best way to get started with this. I know um, <laughs> back in the day um, when I was like moving to different apartments and things like that, I would actually take pictures of a space and then like draw out where I would want my furniture to go to see like what orientation fits best. So I think this is just the natural progression of these kind of things, which is awesome. I love that. Um, I think what's going to be great is eventually I think we're going to be able to build it up to go even further. So um, like the company that I worked with prior to UI studios, we did like um, one of the products we sold was like bachelorette kits and things like that. You might be able to like create a, like party decor and see how all that looks together, like planning things, trying to figure out how you want to augment your reality. But, you know, all of that outside of the metaverse. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I think it does. Yeah. I think, Michael, you kind of hit it. I think it does take a, a left brain, right brain. I don't know which brain would be the right brain there. But, like, for me, again, my hey, wife will sit there and she will draw up. Uh, these story boards and put like furniture she likes on this board and it's just kind of place like and it, it makes perfect sense to her right I mean perfect sense yeah. to her and she has this vision she's a visionary in the family so it, it makes sense uh, you know for me I stare at it and I just see a bunch of items on top of this like background of a picture and I'm like I don't get it I, I don't get it at all like, is this a, is this a is this a feature on on Pinterest or is this something that she does like tac, like tactile in like, a, like in, I think it's tactile I don't know that is I mean she'll take from Pinterest but I think that she creates it on like maybe a PowerPoint or something like that um, interesting so uh, yeah I love that I have to ask that's a good question Michael but but AR would help her out right you can now look at it and see it in a 3D I would guess in a 3D um, setting or environment there and I could probably wrap my head around that a little bit more of course you're still having to, unless you're moving all the furniture out of the room you're still have to, having to place it over um, over your couch so I do believe that there's a little bit of suspension of reality right in order to to get this 
you know, working perfectly. And I do believe that people like me, I'm not going to obviously speak for you, Michael, but people like me, my brain's not wired for that sort of thing. Yeah. I think it depends on like what, what's it, what it's intended to do. Like, I think it would, it would accomplish its goal, like super top of funnel. Like it's experiential. It's like a brand experience, yep. you know, but I don't know whether you're actually going to like hit checkout. No, that's a, no, that's a good thing. Yeah, it probably is more of a top of funnel um, yeah. feature. You know, how do you think? So, I mean, everybody that I, I, I said or that they mentioned in this article are big box, right? West Elm, Walmart. Um, well, I guess Wayfair isn't big box, although I think that they're beginning some Wayfair stores out there. Uh, but yeah, they're big brands, I guess I should say. Uh, yeah, it's easy for those guys. Do you think that there's an opportunity for small businesses to capitalize on this, to give a more curated response and, and, and compete with a Walmart or a Wayfair. I mean, my, my instinct is to say, let them spend the money figuring it out. And then once, once there's like a low barrier to entry for smaller brands, then consider investing. But right now to do, to build your own VR or AR uh, feature for your websites I don't know, maybe EY can do it. Uh, I'm not sure, but I think it would be really expensive. There's like the barrier to entry is very, very high. Like let Wayfair and Walmart and the other guys like duke it out, mm-hmm. you know, spend all kinds of money, like like getting this technology to a point where it's like commercialized and available for, for everyone. Man, but doing it on your own, it's going to be a lot of money. So cosmetics, Emily, you've done the cosmetic portion of this, right? Oh yeah, the lipsticks. Oh man, that's my jam. Mm-hmm. I, I see. It's like that clown meme. I could see myself doing it. It'd be like that clown <laughs> meme, where it's the first. You know, you're drawing on the eyes, then you're drawing on the. Uh, you know what meme I'm talking about? <laughs> then you just look like a clown. <laughs> yeah, I just look like I a clown. Love it. Yes, that's that All right, guys, we're coming up on an hour and fifteen minutes. I try to keep this thing in that in that area right there. Michael, have you had a fun time, friend? I had a blast, honestly. This was Yay. so much fun. Yeah. Yeah. Just talking really about amazing. e-commerce, the going on. Yeah, I love the format too. I actually love the format because like I, I want to tune in. Yeah. Because if you're reading if you're reading an article like weekly, it's super topical and like fresh. Mm-hmm. I want to tune in. Like I want to hear what you guys have to say. It's like super fun. Yeah, I you know, I I'm gonna continue uh uh tweaking the formula. I know that people love me and my daughter loves me to read bedtime stories. And so I'm trying to figure out, uh, you know, how to mix that, but also at the same time, kind of bring it down a little bit, but Hey, we're having fun. And listen, we want you back on this show again. Please don't let this be the only time that you come on Southern Friday commerce. Man, I would love, love, love to come back. Yes, yes, yes. Well, we did good. You gotta watch Willow first. Okay. Yeah, watch Willow first. Hey, there's a new series coming out on Disney Plus, so you can start there. <laughs> but um, cool. But Michael, again, I really, see you soon. thank you, buddy. Yeah, I see you. Yeah, it's my pleasure, honestly. And I'll see you like next week yeah. or the week after. Grab us a, a drink and uh, have some fun in Austin there. But um, but yeah, Emily, I, I think my my um, prediction was correct. I said that this was going to be one of the best shows ever, and I think that we've succeeded. I think so. I think we did a pretty good job. Doing a lot better than Zuck right now, right? I've always no, no, been doing I guess he's than still Zuck. a couple billion dollars more rich than we are. So. <laughs> yeah, but I have friends, so That's true. you're not a robot. So <laughs> yeah. tears won't rust your your eyelids. So you're good. 
Uh, all right, guys. Well, thank y'all so much for joining us on this week's episode of Southern Fried E-Commerce, episode number 19. Join us next week for episode number 20. I don't know that we have a guest on the docket, but I do think the week after next, uh, Emily, we have Jacob from Magento. He has confirmed with me. Uh, Jacob is one of our favorite sales reps over there at Magento. I think he'll be joining us on the 21st episode. Uh, and so maybe we'll, we'll crack open a brewski at 10 a.m. in the morning for our 21, uh, for our 21st episode here. But uh, yeah, <laughs> join us each and every week as we do this thing, as we go through the, the week in e-commerce, what's trending, uh, what merchants need to be thinking about. Keep your head on the swivel out there, guys. We'll help you do that. Uh, please, 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 once again, like, share, tell your friends, do everything you can to get this podcast out to the general public. We will appreciate it and love you forever for doing that. Until next week, everybody. Thank you again.